excellent reception. Hello, I'm your host, Little Dave, and welcome to another episode of Excellent Reception, the podcast where we talk about timeless music and tell the stories behind the songs to help you better understand why they are so amazing. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else podcasts are available. And take note, we're now available on Spotify. Please take the time to leave a review. These help to push up our rankings in the podcast charts so more people can discover excellent reception. Also, check out our website, www.excellentreception.com for more information about the artist and the songs we have featured on the podcast. Over the past few episodes, we have journeyed through sounds from various locations across the continent of Africa and explored the rich musical heritage of Brazil. For now, we're going to take a short pit stop from our audio world tour for another one-off episode. This episode is produced in honor of the Black Star Film Festival which has taken place here in Philadelphia every summer for the past seven years. As they describe themselves, the Black Star Film Festival is an annual celebration of the visual and storytelling traditions of the African diaspora and of global indigenous communities, showcasing films by black people from all around the world. I have worked with the Black Star Film Festival in various capacities, and because of them, I have felt inspired to produce some content that explores film scores and soundtracks. Definitely expect a larger episode that digs deeper into this subject in the near future. For today's show, we're just going to focus on one of the most misunderstood and highly underrated soundtracks in music history. Stevie Wonder's 1979 album, Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. Excellent reception. The singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and all-around music genius known as Stevie Wonder really doesn't require much of an introduction. Since the age of 11, Stevie has created a huge library of universally loved, soul-stirring, feel-good music that touches on love, life, and the human condition. If you listen to this podcast, I'm pretty confident that you're a fan of his work. An important moment happened in his career in 1971. Stevie turned 21 on May 13th of that year, and he was finally allowed to cash out 10 years worth of royalty money that had been set aside for him in a trust fund since he started his career. Also, in a move to gain control over his career, he allowed his contract with Motown Records to expire. Stevie was now a free agent, Using his newfound financial stability, he began working on his next two albums, completely independent of Motown. Considering some of Motown's other acts had moved on to other record companies, it was important for label head Barry Gordy that Stevie stays on their roster. This situation helped to give Stevie's lawyers the leverage they needed to negotiate a groundbreaking contract. 
This new 120-page arrangement gave him complete artistic control over his music, an unprecedented royalty rate, and his own publishing company. This newfound creative freedom brought the best out of Stevie Wonder musically, and it helped to kick off one of the most intensely creative and successful periods of his life. Between 1972 and 1976, Stevie would release five classic albums. But a little while after releasing Songs in the Key of Life, he would take the longest hiatus from putting out new music that he had taken his entire career up to this point. It wasn't until 1979 that he would give the world a new album. This album would turn out to be one of the most experimental and unusual projects that he has ever created. Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. This is the Excellent Reception Podcast. For many people these days, Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants is thought of as that Stevie Wonder album that no one really talks about. It's a double album that is mostly full of these long instrumental tracks. Instead of the soulful sounds you would expect, many of these sound like New Age meditation music or the instrumentation heard in a scene from Blade Runner. Most of the songs that do have vocals lack the popular appeal of your average Stevie Wonder hit. The thing that many people fail to realize is that this album is actually the soundtrack for a movie, and many of the songs you hear were created to score specific scenes. The movie is an obscure nature documentary directed by Oscar-winning filmmaker Walling Green, and it's called The Secret Life of Plants. The film was based on the best-selling book by the same name, written by Peter Tompkins and Christopher Bird. The movie is filled with striking time-lapsed footage of various types of plant life growing and blooming using filming techniques that were groundbreaking for the times. It also dives deep into heavy theoretical discussions that ask questions about the ability of plants to read minds and sense emotions. The film suggests that these life forms can be empathetic, respond to music, and communicate with us subconsciously. These are some pretty far out concepts for a chart-topping singer to tackle. Beyond just the subject matter, asking a visually impaired man to create the soundtrack meant to accompany on-screen actions for such an intensely visual medium like film seemed like an unconventional idea. This is a man who had been blind since birth and has never physically seen a flower. Maybe the people behind the film felt that Stevie Wonder, with his unique perception of the world, would tap into something sonically that could fully articulate the intricacies of these high-level concepts that were being presented. While he was a bit hesitant at first, Stevie took on the challenge of working on this project. He started developing the score while he was still busy putting the finishing touches on Songs in the Key of Life. 
Since he couldn't see the visual cues, sound engineer Gary Ozabel and film producer Michael Braun provided Stevie with a four-track recording that included all the audio from the movie. It also included a verbal description of each scene in extreme detail, the specific visuals as they were happening, and the duration of time that everything occurred. For Stevie Wonder, this project was a chance to test the boundaries of the creative freedom he had fought for years earlier. He composed most of the songs and played the majority of the instruments himself. This was one of the first digitally recorded albums ever, which gave him a large amount of tracks to record to. He now had more room to experiment with different sounds and a variety of new synthesizers. The most notable being an early digital sampling synthesizer, the Computer Music Melodeon. This was the first time it was ever used on a music recording. On songs like Venus Flytrap and The Bug, he used a vocoder to alter his voice so he could take on the character of an insect. He brought in a chorus of Japanese children to sing on I No Sono. He included a sitar player on Voyage to India. And on the song, Kese Ye Lolo De Ye, he featured African vocalists and musicians playing djembe, kora, chakra, and more. The early version of the album was almost completely instrumental. This was a huge problem for the executives at Motown Records, who were hoping for a suitable follow-up to the massively successful Songs in the Key of Life. How were they supposed to sell this album to fans that were used to their trademark brand of popular soul music? Barry Gordy and crew put the pressure on Stevie to create some songs that his audience could grasp onto a little easier. Stevie compromised by adding more lyrics to some of the existing songs, as well as recording a few new tracks that had more of a mainstream appeal. Thanks to this resolution, we received what could be considered the jewel of this album, the gorgeous tune, Send One Your Love. If you listen close to the lyrics, you'll notice how he cleverly finds little ways to include the botanical theme. The most obvious reference is the Thousand Roses mentioned in the chorus. This song is easily the most beloved and well-known song from the album. It's so good that it appears earlier on the album in instrumental form. This version has a completely different feel and composition. Instead of a straightforward R&B sound, it takes the form of classy dinner party music complete with a waltz-like rhythm and the sounds of champagne corks popping as people chat in French. Let's listen real quick to the instrumental version of Send One Your Love.
excellent reception. While they don't all have the same level of universal appeal as Send One Your Love, there are a lot of interesting things happening on the other vocal tracks contained on the album. Stevie gives us a history lesson in botany and the genius of George Washington Carver on Same Old Story. On Race Babbling, he pretty much constructs an early proto-house style electronic dance track using drum machines, a four-on-the-floor beat, and a pulsating bass line. Stevie's former wife and frequent collaborator, Sarita, drops by to lend her sweet voice to the gentle comeback as a flower. Near the end of the album, he gives us The Secret Life of Plants, the theme song for the movie. As you listen, you'll hear many of the reoccurring melodic themes that were heard earlier on the album brought back once again for encore. One of my favorite songs is Power Flower, which has a similar melodic texture to other songs from Wonders Catalog, like Michael Jackson's I Can't Help It and Minnie Riperton's Perfect Angel. Let's take a minute to listen to Power Flower. Another fun and really catchy song from Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants is Outside My Window. The repetitive la-la-las heard on the chorus will hook you in 
and encourage you to sing along. It's definitely the type of song that will stick in your head all day long. In the lyrics, Stevie is singing directly to a potted plant that is stationed outside his windowsill. Let's listen to it now. Stevie wonders outside my window.
When Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants was released, fans hungry for new material rushed to the stores to buy this album, which helped it to debut at number four on the Billboard charts. But sales dropped drastically after the first week. People just weren't prepared to handle something so musically adventurous and eccentric. Things may have worked out differently if the album wasn't being marketed as the follow-up to Songs in the Key of Life, instead of the experimental side project that it really was. Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants is the type of album that takes a lot of time to absorb and a very open mind to fully appreciate. You have to approach it with the right frame of mind to understand its true genius. But you also have to be forgiving of its flaws. This is the Excellent Reception Podcast. So thank you once again for tuning in to Excellent Reception. If you love what we're doing here, please spread the word to other music lovers you know. Make sure you check us out at excellentreception.com. And if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Also, you can listen to my broadcast radio show, Eavesdrop Radio, in Philadelphia every Friday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM or stream it live online at wkdu.org. So until next time, this is your host, Little Dave, signing off for Excellent Reception, where we're always coming in loud and clear with the sounds you need to hear. Excellent Reception.